So the big question is this. How do married entrepreneurs like us who have decades of business building experience, how do we break through common communication, productivity, and profitability barriers all while living powerfully in sync? That's the big question, and this podcast is the answer. You see, even if just one of you is called to entrepreneurship, the family is called to entrepreneurship. No, the goal is not the almighty dollar. We're aiming for the almighty impact. What's up? This is O.L. and Sway Buckley. Welcome to the Married Pernod Life Podcast. Marriage Marketplace Ministry. Let's go. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is <laughs> O.L. and Sway Buckley. This is Married Pernod Life, episode number 14. Yes, yes, and we're talking about how to stop leaving money on the table. Now, why would anybody do that? Leave money on the table? I don't think people do it willingly. I just mm-hmm. think that, well, I don't think I know, that they do it. And mm-hmm. this is this particular episode is going to share with you and show you guys how you can really get the maximum per client and make sure that you're not um, basically shooting yourself in the foot yeah. and um, not really delivering the full-on value that you are capable of delivering for each and every one of your clients. So we're going to show you how to do that. Yeah, and I think we both have a lot to bring to the table. I know we do when it comes to this. I know in the past several episodes getting started, we've been talking a lot more about the relationship aspect, and that's really important as well. Um, but we have to, we cannot fail to remember that we're talking to entrepreneurs and so I think it's important that we just kind of keep it spicy um, as we're talking about relationships we're also talking about this money right um, but think also with that keeping it in perspective so um, yeah so let's go yeah so here's the common problem one of the biggest problems that we've seen and that is they're kind of two-pronged one is they can't seem to close higher paying clients I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of entrepreneurs who have been able to sort of operate on one tier level mm-hmm. and they can't seem to break the barrier and cross over yeah. to those higher paying clients. Yeah. So that's kind of like problem A. Problem right. B is um, they may be getting the meetings with these higher potential, higher paying clients, but they are unable to upsell. And what ends up happening is, is that that higher potential mm-hmm. paying client begins to dictate the terms of the buying experience, basically selling the entrepreneur and sell the entrepreneur effectively selling the client or the prospect. Right, right. So here's what we promise. We're going to show you in this particular episode, we're going to show you different closing concepts. Now, things that we've actually done, that's what we, that's the only thing we really can do is share what we've done on this journey um, in hopes that it can be something added into your repertoire, into your toolbox that you all can use, no matter what industry you're in. I think these are principles that you can use across the board, right? It doesn't really make a difference. Like, this is only going to work if you're in this industry. This is only going to work in this industry. This is not that at all. Absolutely. So in addition to that, they're also going to learn how to get their ideal clients to actually spend more with them. Mm -hmm. And so, again, breaking that barrier and you beginning to really dictate what transformation you can provide, what transformation right. your business can provide instead of your prospect telling you what they're going to do. Right. And so let's get right into it. Now, here's an interesting story. What's that? You want to share the story about your uh, six-figure client and how you became their go-to for years to follow? Yeah, real quick, I will. But I also was going to say you have um, a strategy that we like to use with our clients called the or not use with our clients but those who we're teaching but we use them on our clients as well too mm-hmm. which is the bicycle bicycle yes. yeah we didn't even talk about that when we were prepping for this episode but i think of course you have a lot to bring to the table mm-hmm. 
Um, so make sure you share some of those stories too, hubby. Absolutely. Okay. Um, just real quick um, story from something that I've done or that I do within one of my businesses. I have a creative arts staffing firm. And um, I would say that, you know, when I first got this initial, when I initially got this particular partner or client, um, and this is actually in the nonprofit sector. It's a nonprofit company, but um, I'm not. Our company is not nonprofit. It is all the way for profit, LLC. Um, so just so you know, um, it doesn't really matter. That's why, you know, you have to really be mindful because sometimes in our minds we have these limiting thoughts that will say, oh, well, I work with this type of client. Oh, well, I work only with these people, right? But you have to just understand there are some major things that um, are necessary across the board when you're working um, and connecting with your your ideal or your dream client. So um, with this particular client, it's been a very long standing. It's been a great relationship. I mean, bumpy here and there. But the main thing is, and I think I didn't even know it was going to be as lucrative of a client that it has been. Um, but it's been really, at the end of the day, um, our company just providing what they need <laughs> like that's it it's it's not like rocket science but it really is me having a very clear understanding and not just what they need but how they need it understand the culture of that organization to understand how things may pop up i understand how to put fires out for them we understand how um and we're talking about the you know human capital business this is staffing so you know it's, Anything that can go wrong can go wrong when it comes to dealing with people because stuff comes up every day. And, and so that really requires our organi- um, our my company to be ready for their organization to come and say, oh, my goodness, we need this. you know. And then um, we have to put systems in on the back end once we have a clear understanding of what the client needs and what they're probably going to need. It's really about anticipating their need as well um, and making sure that, hey, we have that in place because they're probably going to need this because I've been in this game long enough to know that whenever you're dealing with people, stuff always happens. It's just so just be ready, right? And so um, when we came, to, when it comes to this particular client, um, actually it's been multiple six figures since starting with them, which has been such a great blessing. Um, but it wasn't anything that I set out to say. This is I'm about to come in here and I'm about to you know close all these contracts. It's been multiple contracts after multiple contracts, and then it's given us the opportunity, of course, to then. Um, hire additional people and build our team out as well Um, but I think the main thing at the end of the day just make it super super simple is being very clear about what their needs are and anticipating those needs and being able to meet them yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. so um yeah so listen we've been able to Mm -hmm. repeat this strategy Mm -hmm. um and other strategies as well Mm -hmm. Um, with individual customers as well as institutional clients like you were just talking about. Um, And this ranging from obviously city organizations as well as to individual startups. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things, actually a few things, Mm -hmm. three in particular, um, that we've used, that we've employed to really, really move the needle for us when it came to um, getting higher paying clients as well as um, getting then those clients to spend more with us long term. So the first thing, one of the very, very, very first things, and this is so, so important. Now, before I say the first thing, it actually could have been the second and the second could have been the first. So (laughs) you could just put these in any order you feel. But let's just say for the sake of this episode, the first thing is you've got to get clear with your messaging. Many, many entrepreneurs don't realize the importance of messaging, which is actually marketing, by the way, Um, the importance of messaging and what messaging 
means and how it literally sets you up for success with higher paying clients. When you can effectively message or communicate your message to your ideal client Mm -hmm. or to those whom you want to become your ideal clients, if you can effectively communicate that messaging, clear messaging leads to easier sales. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say that again. Clear messaging leads to easier sales. You've got to, we have to um, um, literally have clear messaging because it draws the capable and willing paying customers. Yeah. It draws capable, yes, meaning so. they have the means or the resources. Amen. And willing, meaning they get it. And they want it. And they want it. Yep. Customers. Capable <laughs> and willing customers. Yep. That's good. Comes with clear messaging. There should um, um, always, within clear messaging, by the way, mm. there should be a subtle hint as to the quality of the transformation you provide even before taking the initial meeting. Let me give you an example here. Um, This is with a friend of mine, friend of ours, who is a entrepreneur. And um, this gentleman um, is an amazing designer slash photographer. And he is one of the um, more expensive designers and photographers that we know. And this particular person um, has no qualms about his rate. One of the ways that he, before you even know, um, or the, before there's even any conversation around pricing, you start to get a hint for um, the quality. I mean, even before seeing his portfolio, but of course when you see it, mm-hmm. but you start to get a hint that this won't be cheap by the way he sets up his meetings. You cannot just arbitrarily, randomly walk up to him, approach him, and say, hey, let me ask you a question, and start Mm -hmm. having these long, drawn-out conversations about, well, here's what I'm looking to do. How much do you charge? Mm -hmm. Here's what I'm looking to do. How much do you charge? Before you even have that conversation with him, he will um, talk about setting up a time to talk. So he doesn't take random calls, random conversations. He says, when's a good, when's, when's a good time for us to meet? I have, and he'll onboarding. say, onboarding. Yeah. And he'll talk about, he'll talk about his, available, his, his availability, and then he'll inquire about your availability, and then he'll set up a time to talk. People who draw higher paying clients, generally speaking, do not take random meetings. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, or unplanned meetings or off the cuff meetings or, hey, I'm on my way somewhere. Hey, can I talk to you really quick? They usually won't do that. They'll say, let's set up a time to talk. Mm. You know why? Because generally speaking, whenever there's random meetings, and we've all done it as mm-hmm. exciting entrepreneurs, just right. so excitable and just want to get the next sale, mm-hmm. want to get the next client. We will stop heaven and earth, whatever it is that we're doing, and we'll take an unplanned meeting. And when people know that they can move you away from your schedule (laughs) they know if you're willing to negotiate your time Mm -hmm. off the cuff randomly unplanned they know that they can move you back from your price Mm -hmm. move you back from your uh uh uh, uh, what you should be 
uh, duly compensated. They know they can move you back from market rate because mm-hmm. they were able to move you back on your time. Mm-hmm. So that's first number one. Clear messaging. It draws capable and willing customers, and it should hint towards the level of transformation you provide even before taking the initial meeting. That's number one. Number two, mm-hmm. you want to know and articulate your value. Yes. Why is this important? This is important because now if you don't know, of course you have to know. I mean, that's clear, I think. But when we talk about articulated, we have to know, articulating, we have to be clear that our person that we're speaking to, that they they do not know what's going on in our heads. They have not worked with us before. And oftentimes I feel like we just and I've done this before. We just jump to the to the end goal, to the to the end of it, and say, "Okay, well, let's go ahead. This is what we can do because we know what we can do. We know the value that we can bring. We all, we understand that, but that's not enough." And I feel like, especially working with a lot of my clients lately, they have gotten like discouraged about something. Well, I can bring the results. I can do this. I can da 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 da. Right? But the messaging or knowing how to articulate that messaging is where real where the money is made. And if that process is skipped over, if you're not if you're not practicing that process, then at the end of the day, it will be money left on the table. Absolutely. You know, this is so interesting because um, this is something that I was able to do with um, actually my first client. And you may have heard me mention this before. Um, Your with, first client as an, as an entrepreneur. Right after you left the bank. Right after I left the bank mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur. My first client. It was a... Um, it was a... Uh, it was a very, very large deal um, that had a very sweet compensation or a sweet commission for me. And and, I, and when I say sweet, I mean real sweet. And it was, I mean, just as ideal of a way as you could start off your journey of entrepreneurship, it was that ideal. But what was interesting was this particular person I was working with, this particular client, they were used to moving major money all the time. And they were working in the commercial lending space and they had been used to working with, you know, eight figures um, like it was nothing, like just Mm -hmm. all the time. And so I at that time had never done anything in the eight figure space. And so I had to uh, with this opportunity, I had to know, not just know, but also be able to effectively articulate my value my value, the value that I brought to the to the situation, the value that I brought to the table. So this gentleman asked for my help. We met in a hotel room, um, not in a hotel room, but in a hotel lobby um, in actually Las Colinas in um, Dallas. And we were there and we were talking and he said, hey, look, I got this problem. Haven't been able to solve it. Do you think you can help? Now, the truth of the matter is I never done anything on that level um, like that before. But what do you think I said? I said yes. Absolutely. So I said yes. So that was first in knowing the value and articulating the value. And sometimes you can know that you can bring the value, but you may not always know how you're going to bring the value. And sometimes we as entrepreneurs can think to ourselves, well, I don't know how I'm going to be able to bring the value. So we say no when the opportunity arises. But the truth of the matter is, is that you can do more than you know you can. You can bring 
more transformation and bring greater results than you even realize you can. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we sell ourselves too short. So when we don't know the value we bring to the table, then really we can't effectively articulate that value that we can bring to the table. So I said to the gentleman, yes, right? right. Now that I said yes, I had to now show and prove. Man, I was scrambling trying to pull this piece together and that piece because together. Because you could do it. it I just... could do it. It just it just stretched me in ways that I wasn't used to being stretched. And it demanded me, it demanded from me rather, that I exhausted all of my resources, or at least a lot of them, um, to be able to, to help pull this thing off. So I found in the saying yes... Mm -hmm. Um, process that I was able to emerge and to rise to the occasion and really got to see what all was inside of me. So in doing so, make a long story short, we were able to close the deal. The commission was great. And that led to subsequent high paying deals as well. So he kept throwing more deals my way and more deals my way, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So again, know your value, articulate that value, because your prospects are gauging your value all along the way. If I said yes in a way that sounded uncertain, he would not have gone for it, my client. Right. If I said yes in a sheepish, timid way, he would have been able to pick that up. Because I'm going to tell you something. People in business have noses like dogs. And they can, you know how they say dogs can smell fear? I'm going to tell you, entrepreneurs and business owners, people with money who are, ready to spill, who are ready to spend money, they can smell capability, generally speaking. And if you don't posture yourself and know the value you bring and then articulate that with a degree of confidence, you're going to leave money on the table. Mm-hmm. Even if they do give you a deal, they'll give you a, something small right. that they could have given to anybody. Once again, leaving money on the table. And then thirdly, um, for this and last for this particular episode, there is necessary it's critical it's necessary to have critical listening um skills and what this listening skills is it's really important we talk about this when we've done our relationship um episodes we talked about listening with the without having the intent to answer but listening with the intent to understand i believe Mm -hmm. likewise that same skill set is important right here that we're listening with the with the desire to understand and not necessarily just with the intent to answer just like oh let me just tell them what i'm gonna say like really listening to what they're saying because then when you're listening you're actually able to offer a real solution and then oftentimes what you can do and i've done this many times right there on the spot is create something for them Right. Because you want to get that yes right there. And I think many times we're like, okay, let me get back to you. Or you're just so gun hold and focused on what you came in there to do, what you came in there to close, what you came in there to sell. But that may not be the right wording that they need. And you know what they need because you are the expert, but they don't know what they need. Like you're the doctor, you diagnose them, but you have to also understand we have to, as entrepreneurs, as the, the experts, have to also understand that they need to understand the messaging. So we need to be listening to their messaging and repeat back to them. And you could actually even offer the same thing, but just wrap it in different a different package. So then they're like, oh, this is that that's the same thing or oh, that's something totally different. But you and I both know like, no, this is the same thing. You need this. You just don't know that you need this. And this is what this is the. Um, hello, fireworks. Um, and this is the the results that we're going to get you, right? So it's really just about coming in there, being very keen on understanding what, they, what they're saying, listening to understand, and then offering a solution right there on the spot so um, you can close it right there. I think too often we walk away and try to get back, and then it's like playing this phone tag thing. It's like, let's just get to it right now, okay? So 
that's a third Yeah, you know, and let me say this really quickly. Consider this a bonus. This is part of the bicycling strategy, one of the things that we do in bicycling, and that is... What is a bicycling strategy? Can it ma- it literally that? means B-U-I cycling. So mm-hmm. keeping your client in the cycle of buying from you, there making you them a perpetual client. One of the ways that you do that is you, um, you offer a solution to the solution. And let me say that again. You offer a solution... To the solution. So here's mm-hmm. an example. If you were to, as an example, get um, credit, um, check your credit, right? And let's say you were in a credit building phase or a credit building process, and maybe there's some things on your credit, maybe some old medical bills, or maybe some things that um, you may have had from your 20s or what have you mm-hmm. that you want to get taken off. What happens is, is that you, they may say, oh, well, you, well check your credit. Mm-hmm. Well, when you check your credit, that means that you're going to have to keep checking your credit. So oftentimes what credit bureaus will do or certain companies will do, they'll offer credit monitoring and meaning that they'll say, or let's say you are a victim of identity theft. This is, this is extremely popular with, with yeah. those who have fallen prey to identity theft. Um, you may say, well, check your credit. Well, if you check your credit, that's one time. But the truth of the matter is you really need to be monitoring your credit for the next several months, for the next six months. Well, when you check your credit, so they'll give you your credit report with your scores, but then they'll say, would you like to have your, your, your credit monitored for the next 120 days, for the next 12 months? The monitoring is the solution to the bigger issue. So sometimes when you go in and meet with your clients, right. you want to be listening most entrepreneurs listen for the initial pain point. Right. Okay, so this is what you need help with. Right, right. But there's always, when you provide a solution, there's always an area of convenience that you can provide, like with credit monitoring. It's convenient because they notify you, they update you on changes to your report. So you can provide convenience right. for your clients with the solutions that you've packaged. Right. You because go. customers and clients don't want to work any more than they have to once they hire you. They're trying to make their life easier. So the more ease and convenience you can provide, the more they'll stay within the cycle of buying from you. So it's, oh, we have this for that. But when you do this, you're going to need to have that. So we can also offer that. So you want to make sure that you're bringing a full suite of solutions that keeps them in the buying cycle. That's just one quick strategy. So as a recap, number one is clear messaging. Mm -hmm. Number two is know and articulate your value. Number three is critical listening and listen for the obvious and not so obvious pain points. Yes. So hopefully you all have enjoyed it. If so, make sure you go ahead and subscribe and give us some reviews and rate us right there on iTunes. And if you're on another platform, make sure you follow up with this as well. Whatever platform you are on, we want to just say thank you for joining us on this journey. And in the spirit of making sure we're including relationships in this, make sure you, when you do all this, making this, um, taking this, all the money off the table, not leaving any money on the table, you take that money home and you give your spouse a kiss. There you go. That's the relationship part. Today's podcast. There you have it. All right, you guys. All right, y'all have a good one. Want more winning tips for your marriedpreneur life? If so, then go get your copy of our free Marriedpreneur Life Quick Start Guide. You can grab your free guide at M as in married, L as in life, quickstart.com. Inside this guide, you'll find our top 15 systems and processes that we've used to grow our multiple businesses as well as help countless marriedpreneurs kickstart and scale their vision to lead purposeful and profitable lives. We are marriedpreneurs living powerfully in sync and building amazing businesses that shape the future.